Welcome to the Slow Road to Better. In this podcast, you'll hear from members of the Stroke Comeback Center in Vienna, Virginia. The members of the show wanted a way to build a bridge of hope and encouragement for other stroke and brain injury survivors with aphasia. By sharing their personal triumphs and failures, they hope to motivate others to never give up. Let's listen in on the slow road to better. Today, we have two special guests with us. They are officially Nipa and Rasan in that order. I don't know why. It's just the way we always say it. Nipa and Rasan are former colleagues of mine at MedStar National Rehabilitation Hospital. Uh-huh. And they are coming in today at the request of the podcast group to talk about weak side arms and tone and whatever other questions the podcast group comes up with. So with that, welcome, welcome. Ben Thanks Rassan. for having us. Yeah. Thanks for having us, guys. Did you have a question? Yeah. All right, oh. we'll go. Well, how to be the, what's your path, the OT? Who are you? The history. Who are you? <laughs> All right. Uh, so the who, well, I guess I can answer that who I am, and then I'll keep telling you about occupational therapy in general. Um, so, as Melissa mentioned, uh, Rasan Holly, I've uh, been an occupational therapist for 17 years. Um, most of that time, for 15 years, I've been at the MedStar National Rehab Hospital. Um, I specialize more in stroke and brain injury, uh, really focusing on arm recovery after stroke. And I also do a little bit in research as well. So I work in the research department at NRH, uh, really looking for different techniques and interventions to help with recovery after stroke. And I'll let Nipa uh, introduce herself, and then we'll go into OT and where that comes from. Okay, great. Uh, my name is Nipa Shah, and I have also been at MedStar National Rehabilitation Hospital for a long time. I started my career there as an occupational therapist 19 years ago, and I have been doing uh, stroke and brain injury recovery for about 14 of those years. And currently, I am the occupational therapy supervisor there, and I supervise um, a team that works with specifically stroke and brain injury. Some of my specialties are upper extremity recovery, splinting, casting, basically motor recovery of the upper extremity. And then, I guess to answer your question related to occupational therapy, Mm -hmm. so occupational therapy has been around for close to 100 years or so. This year, Uh, it's 100 years, anniversary. Um, And uh, so with physical therapy, the focus is on balance, um, uh, gait, walking. With occupational therapy, it looks like that, but it's a little bit more specific. We're looking at how do we help folks gain more independence uh, to get back to their normal level of functioning after some injury or disease. So our main focus is how can we do to get you back to everyday living, dressing yourself, to brushing your teeth, to working, to shopping. So whatever we do, whatever we can do to help 
bring you back to a level of independence um, after some type of injury. Anybody, anybody I think that? you did great. Yeah. So <laughs> that's, that's good explanation. I love OT. It's oh. awesome. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Good. Speaking of love, you know what? Here's a little known fact. Oh, no. Nipa and Rasan, <gasps> married couple. No! Yeah. What? Oh, yeah, the joys of working together. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yes, Amazing. We, we met at NRH. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Both in the same office, too. Uh, for a while. For we a little were while. Uh, that didn't last too long. No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Once we started dating, he transferred to research. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I need to go. <laughs> <laughs> Live together, work together. Yeah. Way too much together. Yes. Way, way too much together. Yeah, that sounded all very serious. I'm like, all right, well, we need to lighten this up. (laughs) (laughs) Chris, did you have a question? Yes. So I am two years left NRH. What developments have the arm piece and a similar talk about that? So what's new? So some of the new new devices and technology. So I'm going to pitch this to NEPA first. Sure, uh, I can talk about that. Let you tackle that and then I'll... So um, what we've been finding in uh, the field is that repetitive mass practice is really helping with pushing recovery forward. So doing a task over and over again, something that's functional and meaningful to somebody. So if, you know, bringing your cup to your mouth is something that is that you want to do, but doing it repetitively is what rewires the brain. And now what's happening is people are taking that concept and putting it into devices. So we recently received a robotic device or um, bought a robotic device from um, Tyra Motion, and it's called the Diego. And basically what it is is it hooks up either one or both of your arms and is hooked up to a computer where you can do different types of computer games. So it's engaging. It's not just picking up a cup up and down, which can get really boring. Exactly. So now what's happening is they're trying to make it so that it's really interesting that you actually feel like you're playing a game, you're doing something that's engaging, that will keep you doing something for 30, 45 minutes with mass repetition. So the field is really going towards a lot of these robotics. Um, I can let Rasan talk a little bit about the research behind it, whether it's works or, or doesn't work but specifically the Diego it unweights your arm because you know you find that with gravity it's a lot harder when your arm is weak to lift it up and to do those tasks so what this specific device does is it'll you it'll hold your arm and unweight it to a point where you can easily move it so oh, that you can cool. actually yeah and the therapist would control how much weight is taken off and then so it would also provide stronger, assistance it gives you less help Right. Exactly. Exactly. And is this NRH? Are you? Do you want to know if you can buy it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm reading your mind. Thank you. <laughs> um, well, this is a bigger device. It's a pretty big device. It's a robotic device, and it runs. I want to say around. 90,000. So I don't know that it's an individual Negative. device. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if you have that s- to Probably spare. Not. <laughs> um, there are sm- uh, um, smaller versions of these type of devices that are out there that you could look into. Have you, um, do you guys also use the, um, and I cannot spell very good, um, but it's a uh, device and it puts over your whole body right here. And it's 
called the M-O-Y-O-Y-O-O. Yeah. We have that as well. Currently, so we we acquired this device as a um, clinical for clinical use to practice with. Now this company, um, MyoPro, is marketing and selling it as a custom device. So you would get fitted for it, and then they would make one just for you. I get I get that thing when I was in the, the um, when I was still in the in the military, mm-hmm. and I got hurt, and I pretty much. They would show down. Sorry, they would show up, show up down here, and Walter Reed. Yes. And I was like, and my uh, this OT guy here was there, is the greatest guy, and he would be like, "All right, Pat, I want you to go do this. Look at this thing." And they would come and they would try to do stuff for for me, and then I would be like, "Dirt art," and like throw me down and push me and all this stuff. And so they'd be like, "All right, we'll be back next year." And then <laughs> they came for like wow. years, and then finally the thing they said the thing was working, so. I got one, and I I think I got it too early. It was like the first or second person that got it. That yeah. device, so. and actually it was um, named for what a patient called it. They said that it felt like it was their own motion, so it was my own motion, and uh-huh. that's where my OMO came from. So that's a good that's idea. Cool. A lot of that technology comes from the uh, upper extremity prosthetic. So with the MyOMO, it picks up your muscle activity. Yeah. So it looks at your muscle activity at your bicep. And your triceps. So if you try don't have full strength in your muscle to bend it, it picks up whatever strength you have and it completes the motion. You would so, start like you would start trying to drink a water or something, uh-huh. but then you're like, uh, it's too heavy. And then all of a sudden, it'll start it picking it up it for up. you. Yes. Right. Wow. It's a it's a really uh, pretty cool thing. So what they're doing now is pitching in and trying to move towards in home use. So the company they go to Walter Reed a lot yeah. to see if they can use it with returning soldiers, and it's a got an effective piece of technology that yeah. a lot of um, stroke survivors can use to start including their elbow and they also have an attachment for the hand as well so if you don't have a full grasp you can actually grab an object yeah i was gonna say the earlier version of it was just for the elbow and um to use it as a as a prosthetic device as a um they used it a lot with spinal cord injury because you know you could put something in there the hand and then they would just need help with the elbow um for stroke or brain injury it's a little bit different so they added the hand piece to it yeah. so now you need to be able to control the hand to be able to hold something and then you can control the um with just a little bit of bicep and tricep control the elbow yeah. does it do anything for those who have the kung fu grip so instead of having too to weak of a grip they have a grip it, that's really hard to unfortunately they, it does doesn't they help the no, kung fu no, grip no it doesn't help the kung fu grip i think if you have severe okay yeah i think if you have severe tone it um it's not probably the best right. way. you know it, it we use it actually in the hospital in the clinic just the elbow piece if you have a lot of tone to actually work on relaxing the tone because when you relax it then it can op- it'll help open but if you don't relax then it won't do anything so it helps train you to relax it right but in, but with the kung fu grip now i'm going to start using it it's hard to actually put your hand in there so yeah. for someone who has that right using a splint botox uh, stretching; those are more effective techniques of getting the hand open, as opposed to they had uh, the um, or east them. You remember uh, she 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 comes here 
Benita. Uh-huh. She used to have the uh, Sabo. Sabo. Oh, yeah. right. Yeah. And she so was sitting like that. So, yeah. Yeah. So the Sabo is uh, another technique you can use for. Does anybody here use the Sabo? Oh, yeah. Do you oh. guys like them? Yeah. Yes. Wow. Have any, what's pros and cons for our listeners? Well, what? Jerry's stinky Sabo. It's your Sabo is stinky? Yeah. yeah. Why is your why is your sabo stinky? And how do you know that, Ashley? Yeah. Oh. 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 Okay. Should we step out? <laughs> I'm sure Jerry's wife would love to. Know. <laughs> um, last time, um, two sabo pieces. Um, I that um. Straps. Mm-hmm. So the last time Nipa and Rasan were here, did yeah. you bring that in for them to look at it? Well, I think it was how long ago, Jerry? It was like maybe two, three years ago. Yeah. So Jerry's strap on his old Sable stretch, which yeah. is a resting hand splint, actually <laughs> came apart. Yeah. Um, I tried to <laughs> modify it and fix it, but we then went back to Sabo, and luckily they replaced it, and we got their new yeah. version. Aren't you glad when we call and we say, don't you guys want to stop by the center? Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. They're all going to no bring problem. in their equipment. Can we, can we bring in all our busted up equipment? And <laughs> yeah. But it, it sounds like the newer uh, splint, Jerry, do you want to tell them about the covering on that one? <laughs> we just discovered this. <laughs> um, um, zipper? It has a zipper? Uh-huh. Um, I... I... <laughs> I don't <laughs> like it. No. no. Okay. Well, he did. You didn't know there was a zipper. Yeah. So no. we were here last year. So the zipper. Two, two years. Yeah. Oh. So the zipper is meant to take off the covering. <laughs> oh, and wash it. And wash it. Yeah. So yeah, Jerry that just explains uh, it. Hey, guess what you can do when you go home yes. today. <laughs> So with the sable stretch, you can unzip it and you can take the covering off and throw it in the wash and wash it so oh, it can stay yeah. nice and clean. So Ooh, all right. to go for a walk with you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I bet and you that Jared, is do you right. use it every day or how often do you use the splint? Um every night. Oh. <laughs> do you actually sleep with it? Yeah. You too, Ashley? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's impressive. So resting hand splint, you wear it every night. Oh, yeah. Good. You wear yours every night. Do you wear one every night, Pat? I used to. I needed to, but I'm kind of, I just think I've gotten better, so. Oh, yeah. Whoa. Oh, nice. nice. Look at Doty. Oh. oh. Look at that <laughs> For those who missed the visual, it was uh, Do you see that extension? Yeah. Lifting like, up his oh. arm, moving his Ooh. fingers. Sort of, you know, like OGs me. OGs get excited. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I just end up being a snob now. So. Yeah, he's a snob. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so before we lo- lose this um, thread, though, I do want to talk about tone because yes, that's something yeah, that comes up all the time around here as a major complaint. Okay. Um, before you go into that, can I ask one quick question? Uh-huh. Uh, me too, please. What about your um, leg and um, foot? Is there any devices for that? Mm. I mean... Uh- yeah, um, so the, depending on the um, issue, so a lot of times after stroke you have what we call um, foot drop, 
Um, so me. you drag your foot around, and physical therapists typically recommend an AFO, like a brace. Ankle foot or Or so no. And they're not comfortable, yeah, a lot yeah. of it. They're it, not it, comfortable. It's not helping your your leg. It doesn't no, help your legs. No, it's a... It's a compensa- it's compensatory, right? So right. it basically compensates for the lack of movement. Right. It almost seems like the bioness works really so, well. Yeah, so I was about to say the bioness is a device that's out there that's helpful to give you electrical stimulation to the muscles that move the ankle up so you could swing your foot through. There's also a device that another device, Sabo, makes. It's a newer device. It's called the Sabo Step which is um, an ankle brace that has threads that pretty much attach to your foot, and they uh, it pulls up the ankle. So, so it's, it's like an elastic almost, and you can tighten it according to what you need, and they're like shoe buttons. They go into your shoe, so you can wear it with any shoe that has laces. Yeah. Oh and gosh. then it's just a cuff yeah, that goes around your ankle. Right. It's just a little Velcro just, cuff, cuff that up. you can tighten up, and when you start to bring your toes up, it pulls your toes up for you is it pretty much like i have that problem i just Mm -hmm. excellent question yeah Yeah, good question is that like pretty much brand new almost yeah yes i would say in the past three months or so yeah we yeah we just got a um, trial device um at medstar nrh and we've used it with a couple of the physical therapists have used it with a few patients they have really liked it yeah all right back to tone okay did you have one more question go ahead so i have a splint but it's like a piece of basically plastic. Obviously, you have a... Something different. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's the difference? Right, great question. So you probably have the thermoplastic one that keeps the fingers out like this, mm-hmm. as opposed to the sable stretch. is a newer device that instead of your C or functional C splint, it keeps the fingers straight as well as it's a little bit more elastic, so it's a little bit more comfortable for the hand. If I remember correctly, you probably have the plastic one. Also, you have um, uh, the wrist cock-up splint that you use during the day. So the resting hand splint is primarily um, a resting hand splint. I don't splint see it is, on him. If he does, I don't see it on him. <laughs> just, like, just go with it, guys. Just He's go a with it. <laughs> the resting hand splint is typically used at night, so at sleep, as like right. Gary and Ashley's case did control the tone, um, as opposed to the wrist cocko splint is more for the day. Um, so the big difference between the two with the resting hand splint that Jerry and Ashley have, it really is meant to... The fingers are straighter. If tone kicks in, it bends, and it's a little bit more comfortable. That's what. But you, you know, what we've been doing is making the that same type of sabo stretch splint with thermoplastic material. So we use a thinner material so that it'll give when the tone kicks in. Because what you don't want is something really hard against well, your hand right, yeah. that doesn't give. Right. And right? Then your fingers because are what happens is mm-hmm. when you go into some sort of, like if your fingers go into some sort of flexor. Um, uh, trust me. <laughs> right. What happens is your fingers bend, right? Now there comes out of the splint. Right. Um, or what it does is causes pressure on your joints, especially the last, uh, what we call the DIPs, but they're the last joint in your finger. What happens is it causes a little bit of laxity or, or um, it sort of basically ruins that joint if you push on it that too, right. too much. So, so I, you want one that gives a little bit. So I probably three or four months, I've woken up in the morning 
and I only have this two fingers, and then this two of them went, or either it's like that, which is bad. And by that, Chris uh, has sorry. it curled under. Yeah. Or... So maybe the question is for... Because I'm betting you're not the only person out there who's unhappy with their current splint. Correct. Or they're hearing information and going, Hey, man, since I've had my stroke, there's a lot of new options out there. What should somebody do if they're not happy with their current splint? Or they think maybe there's something better for them out there? Um, I know, great. Yeah, <laughs> I would say number one, uh, get in contact with their physician so they can get a prescription for occupational therapy just to reassess and see where they are and see what type of equipment or split might need to be fabricated. Um, if that's not an option, um, they can always reach out to the different manufacturers. So just go to the website, sable.com. Or um, the Stroke Comeback Club, or use your uh, facility as a resource, and there will be a way we can try to get in contact with myself or NEPA and direct them in the right direction. But uh, one thing definitely for anybody who's a splint <coughs> user is to always have it reevaluated. If you have one for several years, four or, years, yeah, it probably your hand is always changing, your arms changes, your tone changes, right. and you know you really always want to have that reevaluated because. You know, what we do is we actually, in inpatient rehab, we might make a splint for someone, but we're actually once a week reevaluating their their arm and their hand, and we might dip it in the hot water and change it right. based on what their hand is doing. But right. then what happens after so, inpatient, and right, folks then go they, home, and, exactly. yeah. and what happens, and, yeah, so, and I hear it a lot, yeah. It's like, what do we do? We're out, and you're finished with outpatient, you're finished with inpatient. Right. Where do you Where go? Where do you go? Right. Um, so... It'll be great to have a resource and definitely you can use uh, here. Or you know what you hear NEPA, uh, Rasan saying? It's called NEPA. You need help. So that is... 1-800-CALL-NEPA. Yeah, at the end of this, we'll give out NEPA's personal cell <laughs> right. number. <Yeah>. Wow. <laughs> okay. So that, but if uh, there are listeners who aren't sure what to do, you can email us at www.strokecomebackcenter.org on our webpage where it says contact us. We will get you the information you need. Okay, so wait a minute, Jerry, did you have another question? Cold, um, cold tone, um, weather, yeah. cold. Um, yeah, yes. up. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, with doing that. Or Why is it doing that? Yeah. And what should you do about mm-hmm. it? All right. Um, definitely cold weather will will increase tone. It, it, it does that. I mean, even if one of us is walking down the street and it's cold, do you feel that you tense up anyways? Your muscles right. tense yeah. up because it's cold, right? So when you have spasticity or tone, that it's going to increase in and the in the winter time and tone it's a a subconscious thing our body does it uh, when we're not it's not a conscious thing that we control so to need this point when it's cold your body's going to tense up 
and then that tone is especially after some type of cortical injury mm-hmm. the tone is going to kick in significantly on that involved side so i'm sorry uh, i mean just some things i think to think about in the winter is one try to limit the exposure that you have to the cold outside if you can't you know <laughs> if you can't can no longer don't spend shovel the driveway <laughs> <laughs> well, actually snowball but still you're out and there if you have to if you need to be outside then the dress warmly. So thermal yeah. underwear is really good to have because mm-hmm. it really, it keeps you nice and warm. Do those sleeves uh, work that people wear? Like you see mm-hmm. athletes wear them. Mm-hmm. You I've know what I'm talking oh, about? Yeah, yeah, keeps definitely. your arm warm. A lot of our members wear them. I've had yeah. those. And I'm not sure. I've, I've had those for since I got hurt. Does it help? Does it help? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, anything that's going to keep you warm, that arm warm and um, those muscles a little bit warmer and protected is good. Um, increase your stretching program in the winter. You know, making sure that you do that, um, staying active, so that helps circulate the blood and keep that your activity going. Um, if you stay indoors and you're just sitting, it's, it could get it could get worse. So you want to stay active. Wear your splint. Where, sure yeah, you making sure. If you're somebody who gets Botox, the winter time is a good time to have that done because that might just help ease some of the uh, the symptoms. And then you know, I know this sounds weird, but even eating hot food and drinking warm liquids can help warm your body up as well. No more cold so. <laughs> 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 Do you have anything to add to that? No, no, I think that's it. Yeah, so keeping it warm, I think it's key. Yeah. You could just move south. Or you yeah, could yeah. move south. Yes. <laughs> that's the, Pat's plan. For the winter. Uh, can I join you? Uh, where are you going to move, Pat? I'd like to go to uh, Hilton Head, South oh. Carolina. Oh. Just nice. I can get on my bike, yeah. and my, get on my trike, and do exercise. Yeah. But it, it's even cold there during the, the winter. It's uh, tough in the winter. Um, while we were all talking about this, Joyce wrote down toned tone with a big What's question mark going tone. So there are probably listeners out there who are fortunate enough not to have this issue that okay. you guys are talking about. So yeah. what is tone? For um, those who don't know what we're talking about. Uh, so tone is the muscle. Like, we all normally have tone. So it's just the normal, the muscle, the physiological muscle, its structure, and how it's compact. Or So basically, you and I, we're standing, we're walking, we're, it's just the normal, what's the word I'm looking for? The m- normal... Tone of Ten- your muscle. <laughs> yeah, it's the normal <laughs> tension in the muscle. Um, so, so yeah, and so, everybody, everybody I has it. You know, some think, of us um, mm-hmm. t- talking. You think this talking? Yeah, so it's similar. Yes, yes. So you know how our voices, we have a certain level tone, a certain level of talking. Yeah, the same thing with the muscle. Every, our muscles in our body, they have a certain tension, abnormal tension. Um, now, after a stroke, that tension could be weak, so it loses the its structure, or it can tight that tension can tighten up. Wow. So it's just more of the natural tension of the muscle, and it's muscle. controlled by your brain. It's signals from the brain coming down, and but they're not regulated. Everybody, ha- we all have signals that come and tell our muscles to flex or extend, right, or to relax. Mm. And what's happening is a lot of times you get these signals from the the brain to flex, but the opposite is not happening. The relaxation or the extension is not happening, and you get over um, a lot of of stimulus coming from 
from the brain through the spinal cord to your muscles to keep contracting. And does this remind you a little bit of how you describe your speech, that your brain knows what it wants to say, but it doesn't send the right um, message to the muscles of your mouth? Yes, yes. So it's similar. It's not exactly the same. Hi. Me. Hi. Your voice. Yeah. You have a deeper voice. Yeah. Me, long time ago. What's up? <laughs> no, <I don't> <laughs> Down. Hi. Mm. Like Rasan's voice. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> so mean. What's your problem, Do you have a problem with people with high voices? Okay. Thank um, you. Yeah, other question. questions? Yes. Uh, well, speaking yeah. of tone. Um, I hear the meds are helping people out. I hear Bacifen is good, but it's mm-hmm. bad. You're... Uh, I think it's, it's good, but there are, there are side effects. effects to yeah. mm-hmm. uh, what is this? Um, so it's an anti-spasticity medication that's more oral, as opposed to Botox. You uh-huh. inject it or... Uh, it's an injection directly into the muscle. Baclofen is a pill that you would typically take. Some of the side effects, I've heard patients feeling drowsy yeah. with it, um, have um, uh, nausea or constipation. So there are some side effects. And it can it. impair your cognition as well. There's some. Yeah. yeah. drugs that are like that, that all of them have differences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, why, why, are, why do people take that instead of doing Botox? So with Baclofen, it's a extended release, meaning that I can take it and now my tone is managed and for but a period of time. Do you still have to take it every day? You have to That's take it every day. With Botox, times. you get the injection and it knocks that muscle out for three months or so. Three weeks. Three, or three months. Three right. Months. So with Baclofen, it's a steady control of the tone. That's what I have. Can I ask a question about Botox? Um, Because there are a lot of our members who get it or who think they want it. So my questions are not just for their wrinkles. (laughs) Um, Well, me too. Yeah, me too. Um, One, does insurance usually pay for Botox injections? And two, I feel like I learned somewhere along the way that... Botox injections, the outcome is much better if it's paired with OT or an exercise stretching routine or something that someone already knows. So can you speak to those two things? Um, yeah, I'll tackle the, the second one. Yeah. Well, that's the one I was going to tackle. <laughs> oh, I was going <laughs> to All right, I'll try it. Nobody I, wants to touch insurance. Yeah, I, I'm really not quite sure with the insurance. I know for the folks at NRH and uh, when physicians do inject, they do get the authorization from their mm. um uh, but it's, beforehand. it's difficult to have it covered as an inpatient, but use it as an outpatient. It's a little easier to get covered. Okay. So really? I know, yeah, yeah a lot okay. of our physicians, they do uh, charge for it. So okay. I would think on an outpatient basis, it is uh, covered. And it's probably insurance dependent. I was going right. to say insurance, and, yeah. insurance dependent. Um, okay. And then, uh, like, <laughs> tackle. And how good. much is the Botox. Ooh, that is something I'm know. not sure. You know what? If your insurance is going to cover it, you're probably just paying Hang for up. your copay. No, I was just, yeah. You mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. who knows? Yeah, who knows? Because often sure. if you're paying for something out of pocket, 
you get a different rate versus what insurance is paying to. Oh, really? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. So the, um, as for the second question, uh, yes, there are studies out there that show that if you get Botox and you pair it with e-stim therapy, casting, whatever your intervention is going to be, it is much more successful than just having Botox itself. For some reason, when you do e-stim with Botox, it, the um, uptake of Botox as well as the usefulness of the e-stim is, is greater. So how about for you guys? How many of you do Botox or get Botox injections? Me. So by show of hands, you've had Botox, haven't you? Um, four times um, um, one year out. Oh, so it's been a while. Yeah. Okay. What um, does the Easton mean? Electrical stimulation. Yeah. I've been taking it for nine years. Do you do yeah. that at home? Do you have your own? Do you no, have I like don't make my machine? own. No. <laughs> <laughs> I cook up some Botox. Easton. 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 Do you do the Easton at home? Not the Botox. The Easton. Electrical stimulation. Or are you saying you've gotten Botox for years? I do bo Botox. Oh, I just um, misunderstood you. Sorry. Yes, I've been taking that for... Something interesting in Europe and in the UK, physical therapists actually administer the Botox. So it's not physicians. What? So the Ooh, physical therapists, they yeah. walk, or physiotherapists as they're called across the pond, they're, they the administer pond. the um, the Botox. So it's not what? physicians. So, That's weird. Which is pretty interesting. Yeah, I, I could go over and just walk around. So that would be like if Nipo or myself, we say, oh, you look like you need a little, you say, little for you. <laughs> little, little for you. That's why they don't let us do it. All right. Do you have any wrinkles? Yeah. What are you talking about? Maybe that's a, it's your headband. Maybe it's going to pull everything back. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I should try that. Yeah. Okay. Here's my last question. Well, um, I have uh, okay, simulation and uh, Botox. It's, the research shows it's wonderful. I have both. It's amazing prognosis. It's awesome. Do you do the stimulation at home? Yeah. What do you use? What, to what type of device or? do you have? It's... Uh, a different kind okay. uh, in Michigan. It's okay. uh, you're allowed to say we don't we don't promote any one company. Mm -hmm. What do you use? Do you know what it's called? Come on, spew it it's out. Uh, I don't know okay. the company, but I, I it's just um, the the sleeve. It's uh, mm -hmm. the pressure points. Mm -hmm. It's much better now. This this this. It's and it was a sleeve with the like electrodes inside? Yeah. Huh. The what? box. It's the OT branded outside of the box. So are you able to combine that with your bioness on your arm as well? No. That's separate. It would, yeah, that would be separate because then, you you know, with the bioness, it will be electrodes directly on the muscles. But it sounds like, was this a research type of... And there is a lot of research in a lot of um, yeah. uh, shops and schools that are looking at sleeves yeah. like that with electrodes embedded yes. um, to help with electrical stimulation. And looking at the research, there's a lot of other crazy stuff. Implantable electrodes, yeah. there's a lot of research looking at implanting electrodes into the muscle for direct stimulation. 
Um, there's I want look that. at na- nanotechnologies. <laughs> there's a lot of cool stuff coming out <laughs> on how to help with uh, better improvement in uh, muscle contraction after yeah. stroke. Yeah. Hmm. But that actually leads into my final question because around here, I, it's sort of like our battle cry is never give up. Mm-hmm. And I would say that for a lot of our members, a weak right side is the one thing that they really battle. And their speech is one issue. And then sort of having um, that weak right hand with a variety of arm and shoulder abilities. So for someone who is, you know, their stroke was a year ago or four years ago or five years ago, ten years ago, what do you tell them um, about how do you keep working your arm and what do you do? Yeah, no, I think it's a great question, Melissa. I think part of it is keeping that mentality of never giving up and really emphasizing, including the weak hand in everyday tasks. So as much as possible, doing bilateral activities, trying to hold objects, uh, trying to use your weaker hand, even though it might be awkward or it's not coordinated, still trying to use the hand to assist you in everyday functional uh, tasks. Because we know from the research, when you look at the cortical picture of the hand, after stroke, if you don't use it, that area of representation of the hand is going to be overtaken by the next proximal joint, which is the shoulder. So you're not going to have that representation. Not the shoulder, the elbow. You're not going to have that representation of the hand after if you don't try to use it. So it's really pushing and emphasizing, including the hand in everyday tasks. No, I completely agree. I think you always, if you forget about it, and you don't use it, it, you'll lose it. And so, you know, one thing to do is there's no guarantee of how much recovery you're going to get and everybody's different. And, you know, you're going to hear the same thing about how, what, how big of the injury you had. And, you know, everybody has a little bit of a different prognosis, but from what we've seen and the research I've read of patients who are in studies, usually are chronic, you know, um, participants in studies and they've made gains, you know, even 10 years post, by using their arm more, Rep- task-oriented, you know, mass practice or repetitive practice of using your arm. Always be using it. Always include it in what you're doing. Incorporate it in what you're doing. Use like if all you have is that shoulder, use it to turn a light switch on every day. And I think um, just hearing you, Ashley, say you still use your e-stim and you guys still get Botox and you wear your splints and you do your exercise programs and you keep stretching and you keep those joints in good shape. I mean, I think one of the things that is amazing is the technology that's out there. And so if you can keep your arm and your shoulder and your joints in good shape, who knows what technology is going to be able to do for you down the road. I think the technology are, are really good, but the thing for me is the thing is incredible is the brain. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Because you keep, uh, you keep. I've been. I'm one of those people who got hurt ten years ago, and I uh, I lost my whole left part of my brain. Like they took it off, and I got a new one. But I, I'm still getting better, and I'm going to the gym now more than I ever could. And it's yeah, you just keep going. You just keep going. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, with that, I want to thank you guys, Nipa and Rasan, oh, for coming in. Thank you. Um, <laughs> thank you. And just thanks for all the things that I've learned from you guys in the past. 
And so it's nice here, having here. you here today. I think that's what works for all of these guys. They work as a team and and um, sometimes sometimes <laughs> <laughs> sometimes we're more like a dysfunctional family. Right. But that's okay. that's yeah, okay I love too. it. Um, all right. So with that, Joyce, you want to wrap us up on this episode of a slow road to better. Perfect, Joyce. Thank you. Our lawyers made us say this. Disclaimers. What about disclaimers? Your opinion, the group opinion, is not valid. Well, it is, but it's valid, but I'm having a disclaimer so that we don't get in trouble. Yes. Doctors. Doctors. Who's doctor? Um, They. They. They're doctor. Yes. All right. Yes. So, if people hear something on this podcast, you should ask your doctor. Doctor. Amen.